most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses Major Jones Yes, sir. Why don't you welcome everybody to episode 303? Welcome to episode 303 of Keeping Up with the Joneses. This is part two from last week's episode that got interrupted by a very cute baby. Yes. It seems like perhaps we're going to be doing shorter podcasts for a little bit. Um, She's just gone to sleep, so we'll see how it goes. But as we record, there's a thunder and lightning storm outside our house. And we have a baby who hasn't pooped in three days, so she's a little bit... Irritable. Irritable. So sleeping today hasn't been her preference. She just wants to be held. So we'll see how this goes. Give me a weekly update. Weekly update. It was Father's Day. It was. And I would like to just boast on you and say that you knocked out of the park. (gasps) Thank you. You let me sleep in, which is always appreciated. Mm -hmm. And then our plan was to go to, for those of you who know Nashville, there are two great barbecue places in Nashville. There's probably more. The two I'm aware of is Martin's Barbecue and Edley's Barbecue. Mm -hmm. And historically, both of them have been up in Nashville. It's not the end of the world, but it's a drive for us. Yeah. But there is a Edley's Barbecue that just opened up a mere seven minutes from our house. And so the plan was to go there. It's not seven minutes? It's not seven minutes. <laughs> how, how many minutes is it? Uh, it's got to be closer to 13 or 14 minutes away. Hey, Siri, navigate me to Edley's. Never mind. How many minutes is it? 11 minutes. Okay. <laughs> okay, anyway. Yeah. In that. So our, our plan was to go to Edley's on Father's Day. Yeah. But apparently it was all of Williamson County's plan to oh, go to Edley's. They, it, like the lineup was out the door and kind of wrapped around the building. There was no place to park. So we pivoted. Yeah. And we went and got amazing Mexican food, which we was did. lovely just to sit with you and the kids. Out on the patio. Amazing Mexican food. I don't think I spilled any of it on my shirt. And again, weird for us. Father's Day for us, for at least the last 14 years, has been... Two services, you don't get home until three o'clock, you yep. know, all that kind of stuff. So to be able to go to lunch at a normal time. Well, a really early and, time. Yeah. But just like to actually be able to celebrate the whole day was really unusual, mm-hmm. wasn't it? And it was my first Father's Day as a dad of four. Yes. Which was special. And then it we came home and special. you made an amazing, you, you sous vided. Was that? Sous vided? You sous-vide? made steaks in the sous vide. Yes. From beginning to end, I didn't have to do a thing. Normally, I have to finish on the grill, but you did everything. Mm-hmm. What was the thing that you made was exceptionally brilliant? Do you mean the dessert? Oh, the dessert. I wasn't even thinking about the dessert. No, oh. you did cauliflower steaks as well as I meat did. steaks. I did cauliflower steaks. I had seen something on Instagram where somebody had done something. I didn't really pay attention, but I thought, oh, I'll, I'll do something like that. Mm-hmm. So I did like a mixture with like Parmesan and olive oil and some spices. and Phenomenal yeah. meal. I went to bed happy. And then you made a dessert. You found a keto recipe yeah. for creme brulee. Well, yes. pot de creme. Okay, whatever. Oh, creme, delicious. Pot, pot de creme, creme brulee. It's the same thing except one has a crunchy top and one doesn't, according to Gina. Uh, and Gina would know. I don't want to diss her. She is a, a dessert specialist. Culinary Yeah, her degree degrees is in and, that. Yeah. yeah, I made those. And even the kids like them. Like I yeah. thought... Oh, and this is like an easy dessert to make. I'm going to make a whole bunch and just store them in the fridge. There was a rumor that you might make more and perhaps today we would have them. Has that happened? It hasn't happened yet because, again, our sweet little non-pooping baby, instead of sleeping between our last set, which was when I planned on doing things like showering and, you know, doing all the cleaning of baby bottles and she just was uncomfortable, poor sweet thing. So um, she was okay as long as I held her. So I held her. Well, Father's Day was a success. Mm-hmm. And even though we didn't get to go to Edley's, I got to go to Edley's today. You did? I had Edley's and I came. 
I don't you didn't get it on your shirt. shirt. That, that is a miracle. Like if people only knew, I I just assume whatever shirt you're wearing is Can a write off. If I eat out, yeah. well, even eating at home. No, thank you. <laughs> but especially, you need something. I need a man size bib for you. Yeah. I also got to have ministry this week with dear friends of ours, Chester yeah. and Betsy Kilstra. We yeah. you've heard us talk about them on the podcast before. They're the the founders. The yeah. Founders of Restoring the Foundations. People who create Restoring the Foundations. Yeah. And they're just amazing. I think they're both in their 80s. My apologies if you're not quite both in your, your 80s, but yeah. they're amazing grandma, grandpa in the faith. You know, they're just states so people. Sharp. So sharp. So sharp. So prophetic. Yeah. And so I'd called them a couple of weeks ago going, I think, you know, I'd really like to do some ministry. And of course, it's beautiful when you show up and they've, they're like, well, we were praying and we feel like this. And anyway, it was uh, the two hours went like that, and I, I'm super grateful. So good, guys. Just say yes to ministry. Yeah, so important, and so important to keep getting ministry, and not just sort of. Uh, it's always concerning when people are like, "I've done that. I've done inner healing." Yeah, I'm like, "Great, keep doing it, yeah. like forever." It's like saying I've read the Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I've been to a dentist. Oh, yeah, I read it once. John and Carol would say that inner healing is like dentistry. That you you go regularly for checkups mm-hmm. and then you go when there's problems yeah and if you go regularly you're going to prevent the big problems mm-hmm. and i like that model yeah anything else i was thinking today because my hair is now like almost down to my waist i mean it's it's so long uh and i have to wear it up because she's at the hair pulling stage like you know she's touching everything and and then I can't get my hair out of her little fingers mm-hmm. you know so it has to go up and I thought do I just cut it all off again and then I sort of I knew that would be the response I was like because remember with Tia I like pixie cut my hair off and that wasn't your favorite thing ever no and so I guess I'm just going to keep growing it but I'm wondering if by the time I've trained her not to pull my hair how long it's going to be <laughs> Well, I mean, can't you still cut your hair? I mean, there's a big difference between down your waist and a pixie cut. Yes, I could, but I'm almost like, what's the point if I'm going to have to keep wearing it up? Oh, I see. Well, Do wouldn't you know it be mean? less? It'd be less. It'd be less weight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have an wouldn't enormous amount point? of hair. Yeah. I might do. I'm I'm going back and forth. But the thing is, when when I go and get my hair done, um, and especially because I love the way Corey does my hair, then I want to wear it down and I want to put in the effort to like do all the things to it. And right now I neither have the time to do it and I have to wear it up. So it seems like kind of a waste. All right. I get it. Yeah. Well, I'll be happy to cut your hair if you'd like. No, thank you. I could learn on the fly. I'm going to do prophetic haircuts. I'm just going to believe that the Lord's going to equip me. Your lack of faith is astonishing. I know. Sorry about that. What is it Vader says? Your lack of faith is disturbing. Did I just make up a quote? I'm pretty sure he said that. Does it? I can't remember. You're right. There's some. It's something like that. Your lack. I'll of drop something. the quote in here. Okay. I find your lack of faith disturbing. I thought it was a better Star Wars fan than that. So last week mm-hmm. we introduced the concept that Christians are doing Satan's work for him, which is a pretty alarming <laughs> concept. We we get that from one of the first sins in the Bible. Well, the first thing in the Bible is pride, mm. right? It's Satan. In the same passage that we read last week, it's Satan wanting to be like God. Mm. But God accuses him of his widespread trade. Mm. And the word trade there is, it comes from a very similar word uh, about spreading gossip mm. and spreading um, 
slander. Last week we were talking about how slander and gossip almost seems commonplace for Christians these days. We read in the Bible that Satan is a slanderer. In mm. fact, his first recorded conversation is basically, did God really say that yeah. you can't? You know, twisting. he's already twisting, twisting yeah. sowing suspicion. And as Christians, we can do that without even realizing it. You, you had this, you, we didn't mention this last week, but you have this great line about gossip being disguised as prayer requests. Oh, yeah. Well, when we were teaching the school, we would talk about, you know, we, we, we can hide our our criticism and our gossip in things like discernment or prayer requests. Like, I discern that Alan is struggling with so-and-so. Let's all pray. Let's all be praying for Pastor so-and-so because, you know— And it sounds spiritual, but and it's— Yes, it's just slander. So this will start because I've had this revelation about, oh my gosh, in what areas of my life am I slandering like sincerely, like when I think about my conversations, how helpful. And another example, when you tell stories that you leave bits out that favor you and make other people look bad, like that's slander. It's a really subtle form of slander where you're just, you know, you're, you're twisting words. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to go listen to that, alanaj.com slash 301. And the second area I want to talk about is how we slander God. Hmm. But we never got to that, and that's what I'd like to talk about on this week's episode. All right, go ahead. I'm ready. Where I picked up, I was reading in my Bible— the famous passage in Numbers 13, the context is the people of Israel have been enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. They've been crying out for God for mercy. God supernaturally rescues them. Mm. Uh, the, you know, the plagues, the parting of the Red Sea. I mean, it's incredible. And he wasn't just releasing them from slavery to go, okay, now start a new life and you'll be fine. He was taking them to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And as you read the passage, you get a sense of excitement of God's heart to bring his people into something special. And when you get to Numbers 13, it's the famous Sunday school story that they've sent spies in to look at the land. And now the spies are giving a report to the people. Mm -hmm. And basically, you get this horrible passage. And the reason it's horrible is it really revealed my heart. This is Numbers 13, verse 30 to 33. So three verses. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. Remember, God said, I'm going to give you this land. God said to Moses, send some spies to look at the land, come back. Mm -hmm. But the men who had gone up with Caleb said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We looked like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Now, there's two fascinating lines in that passage. The first one is, they spread among the people a bad report. Yeah. Guess what the word bad report can mean? Mm, gossip. And slander. Okay. It means slander. Good. So here's Satan at work yeah. in the midst of God's people. This is God's chosen people. God's given them a prophetic promise. You can go here. And the people are doing Satan's work, going, no, we can't. And they're spreading that. Remember, Satan yeah. was accused of having a widespread trade. Yeah. They're spreading it through the people. And he's influencing the people of the Lord away from the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now look at the fruit. Numbers 14, verse 1. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. And all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. 
Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. So the promised land is right there. And it yeah. wasn't their idea to go to the promised land. They were not. They didn't have an entrepreneurial spirit going, yeah, let's pull ourselves up by the bootstrap and go take that land. No, it was God's plan. And God had just displayed the strength of his might. Yeah. And now he wants to give it to them, and they have seen amazing signs and wonders and miracles, and their whole thing is, well, let's go back. That is slander to God's name and God's character. Yes. They're basically saying, I don't think God can do what he said he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I read that and thought, how often are we like that? Or more pertinently in this season, how often am I like that? Okay. Talk to me about that. Well, part of the reason I wanted to do ministry with Akilstras is... We, you had you had lunch with a friend this week who said, uh, gosh, you guys don't do things by halves, do you? And you said, what do you mean? They're like, well, you're adopting a baby and starting a church in the same season. Yes. And we're like, well, we'd like to clarify we, we that, are. that neither of those was <laughs> on our timetable or on our, yes. our initiative. Yeah. So I've been amazed at the parallels between adopting a baby and mm. starting a church. Yeah. Both were initiated by God. Mm-hmm. Both weren't our ideas. Yes. Both just require a yes. Mm-hmm. And both require a huge number of logistics to come together. Uh, come and together finances. and finances. Yeah. None of which we have in our power. No. And so the adoption is kind of like a type of, of what we're doing with the church. Like yes. we just said yes. And we went in with our eyes wide open going, uh, Lord, there's we're I'd like fully to point out aware some, we can't do this on our own. I'd like to point out some obvious obstacles with yes. this, this, this. We don't have this, 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 this. Yeah. And God, and if you've been joining along with our podcast for any length of time, You've just heard how God provided amazingly for Took the adoption. Took care of all of it. Took care of all the finances, mm-hmm. made it happen. Mm-hmm. So you would think, I'd be like, oh, yeah, church, super great, super easy. That's our gifting. Let's go for it. We'll just raise funds. We'll go for it. But what I've been stuck in recently is like, I love, and I genuinely do love that we're starting a church, but how, how is this going to work? And how about this? And how about this? And, you know, people are encouraging to and the asking, doubts that are coming up. But listening to the doubts. Mm-hmm. And and actually, I've realized I've been privately slandering the Lord's name by going, but Lord, how is this going to happen? And what about this? And where would we get these from? And how is this going to work? And all these things. And I'm more confident in all the problems yes. than I am in all the promises. Yeah. And as I was reading that, I was like, Lord, I'm as guilty as charged. Let me read you what the Lord said to these people. Can I just go back for a second? Because yeah. doesn't it say, uh, what caught my attention when you read it today was, and they say, and we looked like grasshoppers in their eyes. How, how could they possibly know that? Right. It's So now they're assuming what other people are thinking about what they're doing as well, mm-hmm. which is really easy to do when you get in that swirl. Yep. Of, you begin writing other people's stories right. for them. And then people are probably thinking this and people are probably, you know, whatever. And you you don't know that. Right. And it actually doesn't matter. Right. Because it's the Lord's That's plan. Right. right. If all our job is to do, all that we have to do is to obey and, and head forward with the, what the Lord has asked us to do. Mm-hmm. But... I think that that's also one of the ploys of the enemy is to keep you sort of going, well, what do you think these people think about that? What do you think these people think? You know, so that was my And what do their thought. thoughts mean about our and life? Then, and actually be convinced you know what they're thinking, which you don't. Well, they said these great lines. Um, not great lines, horrible lines. Mm. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? 
They're, they're totally twisted what the Lord said. The Lord said, I want to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Yeah. I want to bless you, but they're attributing malice in his heart. No, no, no. You just want to bring us to this land to let us fall by the sword. Yeah. Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. They're prophesying a future that was never in the heart of God. Yeah. And I'm like, as I've been thinking, in what ways do we let worry, anxiety, dread, panic mm-hmm. overtake us and we start prophesying a future that was never ours to prophesy? Mm-hmm. And there are two wishes. If only we had died in Egypt and oh we should gosh. go back to Egypt. Yeah. They would rather sit in the slavery they know than the promises they can't see. Yeah. Oh, well, ironically, they can see the promises because the promise lands right there, but they're refusing to look at it. Well, or they're assuming it can't actually be that good. Like, yeah, right. he wants us to go there. Sure. Yeah, that's the promised land, but we're going to die. On you the know? way there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that all of that is also, it's sort of for me hits the, there's still a place in my heart that doesn't believe that God is good. It, I mean, if I can camp there, right, then there's a place that still doesn't believe that God is good. As good as I as he says he is, you know. And also we know from experience that God lives according to our constructs. Yeah. So God is willing to inhabit the space that we give him. So if we don't have an appetite for a big God, he'll occupy a small space. Mm-hmm. Which is which is crazy. Look at what the Lord said to them. Numbers fourteen twenty six. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall. So it comes back to the fact that our words have power. Yes. What are you and I, what are you, what are our listeners confessing every single day? What are we proclaiming in panic that we could be decreeing by prayer? Yeah. And I think this is the challenge, and this is part of why I went and got ministries. I'm realizing that when I'm on my own, left to my own devices, and I forecast my future, it's not a glistening, brimming with hope, joy-filled future. It's one of like lack. It's one of not enough. It's one of, oh my gosh, what if this doesn't work? And the Lord's like, buddy, like what? What have we been through in life? Like, why are you attributing this to me? And I'm like, oh my gosh, the way I'm living is I'm slandering the Lord. I'm not posting Facebook, you know, articles about the Lord, but in my own private heart, I am nursing, listening to the devil, and then doing the devil's work from now. Praise God, you're like resolute as a rock. (laughs) And I'm coming to you thinking, saying, hey, babe, what do you think about you? Like, yeah, no, never considered that. Yes. I have had tremendous peace, I would say 95% of the time, throughout the adoption thing and throughout now we're starting a church, that because we've heard from the Lord that this is going to go well. And, you really you know, have. You've yeah. been unshakable. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, and I don't have uh, a good explanation for it other than I'm not going to let go of he's good and he said it. And so... He's good and he said it, and, I, and I'm and good. And that's enough. Yeah. I'm yeah. good because he's good. Yeah. We talked about this verse last week, Proverbs eighteen twenty one, a very famous verse. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Yeah. So we really need to be people who watch our words. Mm. We really do, because negative confession can be slander against God. And, and again, just like we talked about last week, that gossip can be subtle, so can slander be subtle. 
a common phrase I would hear growing up would would from family members would be, "Oh, I'm sick and tired of this," mm-hmm. and I'm like. You know, when we say that, we're actually confessing that we're sick, sick and tired, and we're tired. Yeah. So, I'm asking you, as you're listening to this, are you sick and tired, and are you speaking that over yourself? I remember we've told the story so many times before when Patricia King came to town, gave us an amazing prophetic word about you can smile at your future, you're mm-hmm. going to have a hundredfold return in the year, uh, something about abundance. I forget the four words. We wrote them down. We put them on our mirror. Tent pegs expanding your yeah, ex- yeah. expanding our territory. Right, and we wrote them on our mirror. We had them on our phone. We had them as a wallpaper because our reality looked different, and the the reality looked different to our prophetic words. Mm. And I was challenged by just how much we would proclaim our reality instead of proclaiming the promises. Mm. In order to be people of faith, we have to head in a direction we haven't seen yet. Yeah, I think too when you're you're talking about that story about the people of Israel. I mean, they're wanting to go back to what's familiar, even though it was slavery and it was yeah. awful. Yeah. At least they knew what to expect. And I think we all do that, like in mm. different areas of our lives where we do the thing of, well, okay, maybe actually I, I do want to head back in that direction because at least I, kn- I knew mm-hmm. I knew what to expect. I mean, it wasn't good, but I knew what to expect. Rather you know? than embracing mystery of what God might bring. Right. Which I think is why people stay in abusive relationships and all kinds of things. At least, at least you know what you're gonna, what you're getting. One of the things that I felt bad about last week is that we didn't get to offer solutions. Okay. So I'm always aware that when we teach, when we share, when we talk, it's one thing to identify problems, which we have done last week, we have done this week, but it's an injustice to just leave people with a diagnosis without offering them a cure. Mm -hmm. So I thought we could come up with some solutions to not gossiping. Okay, so what did you come up with? There is a killer golden phrase that works in a variety of situations. And you need to be armed with this because gossip can't survive in a vacuum. So gossip is designed to to spread. Mm. Like, So if I come to you and I've got some gossip about someone else, Mm -hmm. a killer phrase that you can just use to nip that in the bud is, I'm going to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people will be like, what? And you don't even have to say anything else. You go, no, I just want to stop you right there. I don't want to hear it. I remember one time we had two sets of guests staying in our house with us. This yes. is many years ago. We had okay. two sets of guests staying with us. And uh, one set of guests was not from our culture at all. Mm-hmm. And I remember they would often try and side up to us, saddle up to us. Is that Mm -hmm. even a phrase? Yeah, sure. Slide up to us. Saddle up. Yep. And want to talk about the other people. And I remember, you know, like the first time I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know where I was going because I'm, you know, wasn't really used to that. But the second time I was just like, I'm going to stop you right there. And they're like, oh, why? I was like, well, um, these are actually friends of mine. And the way you're talking about them is actually quite dishonoring. Mm-hmm. And if you have a problem with them, you could go to them. Oh no, no I don't have a problem with them. Yeah. Oh well, I'm confused why you're why you're telling me. Like just exposing what's going on will just nip things in the bud. So the golden key phrase is, "I'm going to stop you right there." Yeah, hugely helpful. Yeah, there's a sidebar on that. Great. So I met with somebody for lunch this yeah. week, and they were talking about you know how we we were talking together about how easy it is to write story. Like yes. in, in you know in the absence of context in the absence of knowing what is going on it's human nature we just start writing a story mm-hmm. and but we can become fairly convinced of those stories quickly and then we'll also deduce things well i got this little fact from over here 
fact in yeah. this little tidbit from over here. And so therefore it's, ta-da, this is it, you know? So this person was saying like, they felt very frustrated by that, you know, just that how quickly we write a story and we're convinced that we know that it's true. And so true. and I was saying, yeah, I mean, like I've sat with people who are like, I know, like I know that this is the story. I'm like, but you, you can't know because unless you were in the room, you don't know. Right. So I think we have to be careful as well in weaving together little pieces of information and grab that thing and strangle it. You know what I mean? Like in, because we do want to know because that's what makes us feel safe. Yeah. Right. It's so natural. So I get that. So then the temptation is not quite to stop somebody right away when they start, but maybe just see if something could be confirmed that you can have that warm, fuzzy, I was right and I feel safe feeling your I was right and feel safe actually may be completely inaccurate, mm-hmm. right? So you, you don't, you just don't need to go there. It's not going to be helpful. And so many of our stories are written by our own agenda. I was thinking when you were sharing that story about several times in the Gospels where we talk about and the, you know, the people intended to make Jesus king by force mm. and knowing their thoughts, he, he, yeah. know, he, he vanished. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, like the, 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 the need for us to have a story mm-hmm. Or like we talked about last week, the, the salacious nature of gossip. Yeah. You know, they're like tasty morsels that go yeah. down into the deep. But it's also, I think it's not just the story, but it's people's motivations. Like, I think we take it from, we have these little tidbits of story yeah. that we weave together into our version of what we think we know. Yeah. But we often then jump to, we now know the motivation of that person's heart. Like, it right. it just gets worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it doesn't feel like kingdom. Which is why our golden phrase, I'm going to stop you right there. Is so super helpful. Perfect. Number two. A prayer I've prayed for many, many years. Psalm 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I would pray and I would ask the Holy Spirit to put, you know, when you walk into a store, an old fashioned like store, the door would hit a bell, mm-hmm. you know, and it would tell somebody that somebody's come in. I would ask the Holy Spirit to be that little bell. If I'm about to say anything, or worse, if I'm about to ruminate on something that is not pleasing in your sight, which slander and gossip is not pleasing in the mm-hmm. sight of the Lord, would you put a seal over my mouth? Would you put a seal over my heart? And I would pray that, Lord, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, and the, lo- the Holy Spirit will honor that request, mm-hmm. and he will tell you. So number one, I'm going to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. And number two, May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So I was also thinking about Philippians 4, 8, right? Mm. So whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is kind, whatever is, and they go through this list of think on these things. And I'm thinking about how scripture talks about how the overflow of your heart, like what you're meditating on, that's what's going to come out of your face. So if we actually would take it even back a step further from Hey, manage what's coming out of your mouth. Do that. Yeah. Manage what you're listening to. Do that. But also manage your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you thinking about? What are you ruminating on? You know, are you taking thoughts captive? Start start there. And probably you don't even have to worry about step one and step two. Mm-hmm. Step number three I just made up when you were saying that. Oh. I was thinking about how often we are looking. I'm getting a bit philosophical here. Oh, dear. How often we're looking for redemption for our childhood stories. So one of the things we would prep when we would train leaders at the school, our small group leaders, is you've now just been knighted a small group leader. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. You will now be the target of everybody who's coming in with judgments about their parents and their authority figures. Like you were a walking representation of their hurt. And they're always like, gee, thanks. (laughs) And then a couple of months in, they're like, it's true. (laughs) 
so often, if we haven't worked on our own story, yeah. the story of disappointment, the story of hurt, the story of sabotage, the story of betrayal, the story of absence, the story of lack, from our childhoods, mm. we are looking for those stories, usually redeemed is a kind way of putting it, but for justice to happen. Mm. So when we hear gossip that fits a solution to our pain, we tend to latch onto that, which is oh, why wow. we love watching movies about the bad guys getting justice. their comeuppance and their yeah. justice. Yeah, yeah. Number three, which I just made up, would be do some work around your story. Uh, like allow the Lord to heal the parts of your heart that are still in pain, mm-hmm. which is what I was doing Monday. You know, yeah. Monday with the Kilfras was like, here's a part of my heart I did not know was carrying pain. And man, they surgically zeroed in on that. And I was like, good night. That's been there. And I didn't know it. I just didn't know it. And just for fun to, to just, I mean, this all happened over Zoom. So it, yeah. it still blows my mind because I used to think you can't do stuff like that without being in the room together. Previous to COVID, you know, be like, no, you you don't want to like over the work. phone isn't as effective. You know, over FaceTime isn't effective. You need, you know, be better if you could be in the room. Yeah. And really, uh, it, you know, that hasn't been what we've experienced. We've had lots of ministry over Zoom and uh, even been ministering to others over Zoom. And what do you know? The Holy Spirit will still work through any medium does. you give him. Yeah. So good. So number four mm-hmm. is... Use declarations to build the future that God has already decreed. Beautiful. Yeah. So I think I think we're going to have to write some more declarations. We have some from the beginning of the year, don't we? We do, actually, yeah. yeah. I've got a note on my file that says, hey, you, read this every single day. Yeah. And it's declarations yeah. that are recorded. When you step into a new, new era, you need a new mindset. Yes. And we told that story earlier about Patricia King giving yeah. us that word, that propelled us into this next season. But we would stand there and hold hands and declare it together every morning. Well, back in January, where we were holding hands yeah. and declaring. So yeah. we need to go back to I think writing right. our declarations about what God has said yep. and sticking to them, because by them you can fight back the angry noise of the enemy who's trying to talk you out, just like the Israelites, trying to talk you out of the promised land that's just there. Yes. But if we don't line ourselves up with the Word of God both the Logos, the written word of God, and the mm-hmm. Rhema, which is also the, the written word of God, but the now word of God, the mm-hmm. prophetic word of God, mm-hmm. we're always going to want to return back to from whence we came. Yeah. I just got to say whence, which is great. That's so great. As long as, I mean, you have, you've had a great podcast as long as you've been able to say whence. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So what's number five? I think this is the final one. Yeah, we had four, but we made it five because yeah. I had that number three pop into my head. Number five is just astonishingly simple. Easier to say, but much harder to do. Just stop slandering and gossiping, which you'd think would be simple. But yeah. because we've already discovered that it's subtle, is actually like spend some time with the Lord working out what's in your heart that wants the gossip. Yeah. What's the trade-off? What's the payoff? Like, What do you get from hearing gossip or sharing gossip? Mm-hmm. Is it a way... We, I want to be very tender when I say this. Mm-hmm. We take the video that we're recording and we, we post it for our members to watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But then we, you know, chop up clips and use it for social media um, yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so, of course, it goes out to an audience that we don't control. Yes. And so it's likely that people who are not of faith watch these clips. And some of the comments that we got on last week's episode, I was like, that is a worldview I hadn't considered. Oh, really? So, like, well, okay. one of the clips was about, like, you know, are you in, you know, 
you'd ask the question like, well, hang on, I hear this thing about gossip, but what do you do if you're in pain and you need to process and you need perspective from somebody else? And I think I said, well, what are you going for? Are you going there for clarity or are you going there for camaraderie? As in, are you going there to get clarity about like, hey, I need a way forward. Do you have wisdom for me? Could you help me understand? I'm trying to be open here. What's me? What's them? Give me some help, Like, which yeah. I think is entirely justified. Of course yeah. you need to do that. Or are you going there for a camaraderie where like, yeah, they are a big fat jerk and I don't like them either. And you're you're basically right. just gossiping. Yeah. Well, one person was like, oh, yeah, totally camaraderie. <laughs> and then another person was like, actually, historically, gossip has been a really healthy way for women to communicate. And I'm like, <gasps> okay, no, no, there's, okay. there's different worldviews out there. Some yeah. not biblical. But when we find ourselves given to gossip, so when we come away from a conversation, we have that kind of gossip hangover, yeah. you know, that little thing. Yeah. Don't shrug it off and try and numb your conscience. Actually use that as an invitation from the Holy Spirit. Like, Holy Spirit, what was it about that conversation I either managed to get away from? Yeah. Or what was it giving me? Because again, we, as we learned last week, Scripture says that it, it actually crushes the spirit. Yeah. So gossip and slander, twisted words, crush the spirit. What are we trading for a momentary, like, tasty morsel? Yeah. Good. Have you got a listener's question? Well, I'm so glad you asked. This <laughs> is from our sweet friend, Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Rebecca, I will apologize. You sent a brilliant question. And for the purposes of time, I just simplified it. So you'll forgive me if I put some of your words into my words just for expediency's sake. Rebecca asked, recently I did some issue-focused ministry around the area of dealing with emotions. Mm -hmm. Me too. How about that? <laughs> I was surprised that strong emotions came up that I hadn't felt since I was a teenager and they felt super overwhelming. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> this is great timing for this question, Rebecca. Let me read that again. I was surprised that strong emotions came up that I hadn't felt since I was a teenager, and they were super overwhelming, like I wanted to get away from them as quickly as possible. Now I'm scared those feelings are going to come up and overwhelm me. How do I sit with that part of my heart when that happens? This fall, I'll be enrolling at university, and I'm nervous about it. The way I feel right now, I'm wondering if it will affect my studies. So, AJ Jones, what do you do when parts of your heart or perhaps you know, feelings from the past come up, and now you're sitting with it like, oh, my gosh, if that happens, I think it's going to be just too overwhelming for me? I mean, I think my gut response would be, you know, if the Lord has allowed it to come up because, mm. because he has— is to go and get some help uh, dealing with it. So go and get some ministry around that thing that the Lord has allowed to come to the surface. Because mm -hmm. uh, I think, in my experience, God allows things to come to the surface when it's the right time to deal with them. Yeah. And so there'll be a grace to actually deal with them and get some freedom. So my, my first thought, Rebecca, is to find somebody who uh, you feel safe with, mm -hmm. uh, and whether that's like a licensed therapist or, you know— um, Pastor, a pastor friend. or whatever, and get some ministry around what it is that's coming up for you from when you were a teenager and just see what God wants to do with that. Because I think freedom's always yeah. on offer. Yeah, it's that great phrase of God never reveals anything to make you look bad. He reveals things to bring healing. Mm -hmm. I remember when we interviewed Chip Dodd, the feelings doctor, mm. and I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode because it was wonderful. He talked about you know, there's times in our life where we feel like if I start crying, I'll never stop. Yeah. That feeling of, of being of overwhelmed. Yeah. And he said, you know, I understand that feeling, but you really 
you really will be able to stop. You just mm-hmm. give your heart to it and and it's scary, mm-hmm. but give your heart to it. He also talked about like when we say we're feeling overwhelmed, often it's more feelings than once happening at once. More feelings than one happening at once. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Right. So I'm feeling angry and and fearful and lonely and shameful and and it's I can't identify them because they're all at one. But yeah, you know, can you can you get space like you're saying to get healing? And if you can't get space, one of the things I've found helpful. I remember uh, I reached out to the Kilsers. They couldn't see me for a couple of weeks because they were, were slammed. But I remember waking up in the middle of the night with like from the dead of sleep, like, <gasps> I, you know, I've got this anxious thought. And I remember going, oh, I know what this feels like. This doesn't feel like me. This feels like a part of my heart rather than me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I remember that feeling from my past. So it probably means a part of my heart is stuck in the past, doesn't have the revelation that I have here. And so instead of ignoring it, instead of distracting myself from it, I remember just speaking to my heart, which is perfectly biblical because David talks about, I will say to my soul, he told his soul what Mm. to do. I just spoke to my heart and said, I get it. I get it that it's scary. And I promise you, I will not ignore you. I promise you, we will go get help together. And the amount of peace that that brought me Mm. was just tremendous. So Rebecca... You're not alone. We know what those feelings are like. We know when things come up from our past that can feel overwhelming or like, oh, if I feel this feeling, I won't be able to function. Number one, if it's the Lord who's bringing it up, you're really in safe hands. Number two, give yourself some space to get help. And if you can't get space right now, just speak to the parts of your heart that are in distress and just assure them, look, it's going to be okay. We will get help. It's going to be fine. So good. Thank you for your question, Rebecca. If you have a question that you would like us to answer on air, go to alanandaj.com slash ask, and it would be our joy to answer it. If you would like the show notes, go to alanandaj.com slash 303. And if you would like discounts on our products, if you would like priority Q&A, if you would like to see behind-the-scenes stuff, if you would like to watch the videos of each of these episodes, consider becoming a member at alanandaj.com slash join. Have a wonderful week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses They talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone